Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, March 23rd. Before we get into our second edition of Technique Tuesday, our new series as part of our partnership with the guys at My Tennis HQ, I do want to talk about a couple of the news developments we had from the tennis world today. And before I get to any of that, I have to remind you listeners that these podcasts always brought to you by our friends at Diadem Sports. Now, the support we continue to get from our friends at Diadem means more and more to us every day. Uncertainty for so many of us, given the emerging coronavirus pandemic. Uh, it brings us so much joy, so much comfort, knowing that the friend, our friends at Diadem have our backs. And they have your backs too, tennis fans. They're helping tennis players across the globe elevate their games by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet. You know the deals by now. Their Nova 100, their Elevate 98 rackets are designed with your game in mind, whether it's power, whether it's precision, control, you want to slice and dice, serve and volley, you just love hitting on the run forehand slices, they've got the rackets for you, they've got the string technology as well, five different types of string, all meant to accentuate different types of styles of play, you know, for the Elite XT, you know, that provides a firmer feel, the results in an explosive response uh, off the string bed with long-lasting tension maintenance, maybe you're like me, you're a guy of impulse and that impulse strings offers just the perfect blend of comfort touch power and feel and it's going to be shock absorbing uh filaments it's got it all it's you're really going to enjoy each and every one of these strings and of course it's not just the rackets it's not just the strings they're premier tennis balls they're incredible sweatshirts and swag they're uh they're drawstring bags from top to bottom just comprehensive one-stop shop for all of your tennis gear needs tennis fans i myself am actually in a perfectly comfortable, uh, really delightful Diadem hoodie. And so, you know, get yourself one of those right now by going to their website, diademsports.com. Use our promo code CR15. You'll get 50% off your order. So be sure to go do that now. You know, they continue to support us. The least we can ask you to do is to support them. And, you know, many of us probably not going to be playing much tennis over these next couple of months. We all want to take the proper safety precautions. We all want to self-quarantine, get us through these uh, months as quickly and as safely as possible. But you can take solace knowing that if you go to Diadem, you can uh, fulfill all of your tennis needs in one trip and you can do it and save a little money in your pocket as well. So a huge shout out to our friends at Diadem. Huge shout out as well to all of our Patreon sponsors. We're so grateful for your continued support. As I mentioned when I started the Diadem ad, Uh, you know, for us just to know that we have a community out there that's not only financially willing to support us but just they trust us they enjoy our content it means so much to us it gives us the confidence to take risks to try new things and as you may have heard last week uh, on two of these podcasts each week we want to call out specific patreon members uh, for their support and i am thrilled to announce that today's patreon listener of the day our friend you may know him at college tennis today i have been fortunate enough i have the privilege of knowing him by his real name bobby knight who i'm gonna be honest without his work at college tennis today there probably wouldn't be a cracked rackets i know certainly i wouldn't have had the exposure to college tennis to just the entire world of tennis that bobby has been so great his content you know i said at the forefront for diadem bobby's at the forefront of all college tennis coverage and it was his website it was his blogs his write-ups his predictions i mean 
that used to be must must have reading for me each and every day. There was a generation of people who grew up and they'd read the paper every morning. Well, I'm of the generation that I would grow up and I would read Bobby's website every morning. So we can't, you know, so grateful for Bobby's continued support that he's willing to support what we're doing means the world to me personally. I know I'm speaking for all of us at Crack Rackets when I'm saying thank you, Bobby. You are our Patreon sponsor of the day. One of these years, I'm going to get over to London, visit you across the pond, and if you are ever back stateside know that not only do you have a place to stay with us if it's for a tournament or whatever you may be here for but you have an eternal lifelong fan eternal lifelong guess what that means the same thing hey great shot but bobby we love you and we are so grateful for your continued support so thank you so much all right Plugging out of the way, a couple of things I want to get into before I get to our Technique Tuesday segment with Carousel, because again, there were a couple of announcements that I want to cover. The big news for the tennis world, the Olympics officially pulling the plug on having that event in 2020. Now, are they going to postpone it to 2021? When in 2021 would that be? How is it going to conflict with whatever the schedule looks like when we get back to the tennis world? I, I would be lying to you if I said I have any idea because so much is up in the air right now. Let's say they postpone the Olympics till October or November. God forbid they, God forbid, let's say they throw it in December with all the tennis that's expected to be played there. Well, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a cluster. It's going to be something crazy. And that's always something for us to keep in mind, certainly. Now, uh, you know, hold that in my opinion, and I am, you know, this is why I have these shows, so I can give my opinion, I suppose. But I think it was the right decision. You never want to compromise the safety of these athletes. You never want to put them at risk. And, you know, how many fans from across the globe would have flown in for these Olympics? I know our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and his college roommate crew were considering going to the Olympics this year and you just know from around the globe you would get so many fans and given you, you don't know where anyone's been and you don't know if they've got the virus or not and uh, certainly it would just be putting a lot of people at risks and we saw yesterday Canada pulled out of the Olympics we saw a bunch of countries already announcing they weren't going to be sending their professional athletes so it did feel like this announcement was you know was imminent it was going to happen no matter what that being said you know you talk about the immediate reaction think about a guy like Roger Federer. He's got it all in his resume, right? Most career singles grand slams. He's won a doubles gold medal as well. But what's the one thing he's missing? A singles gold medal. And you know that's something that he thinks about. I mean, the guy's got every record except for that one. And I'm sure he was looking forward to playing this 2020 Olympics as much as anyone. I'm sure he was resting his body accordingly so that he'd be able to peak in those moments. But does this mean you're, we might see some athletes prolong their career that extra year just so that they do have the opportunity to at some point you know, compete in next year's Olympics? Are people going to hold off on retirement that extra year? Uh, certainly possible. Another person who comes to mind, Venus Williams, she's talked so frequently about how much the Olympics mean to her. So many of these athletes have as well. And you know that these Olympics are going to be in 20 year later on and not 2020. It's going to rejigger how many of events they compete in what their schedule might look like. We may see players try to make a push to qualify for that event. So it's a fascinating development and 
obviously, you know, health concerns, all those things come first. No one's denying that. But there are some serious tennis ramifications, and I'm sure we will explore those more later in the week as they become clearer and clearer in what they may mean as soon as we find out what that scheduling is going to look like. And we may not know for a while. Uh, That will certainly be something for us to continue to monitor as a storyline. Another storyline emerging, uh, the ATP coming out today and saying, hey, uh, we have been in consultation with the grass court events. I believe this comes from at Arash Madani, uh, who says from a, who quoted ATP chairman Andrea Gaudenzi, uh, who sent a memo to former players that in part reads, we are in close discussion with all the grass court events and the current intention is for them to be uh, take or for them to take place as scheduled. Now, Obviously, that's an optimistic view, and we at Cracked Rackets are all about optimism. So uh, is that encouraging? Of course, but it's also definitely premature. I mean, don't expect that to stay the way it is. It could certainly change, and if it does, that shouldn't shock anyone for now that uh, resumption date is going to be June 8th, uh, but certainly moving forward into the future, that's something that could change. So that's a little bit of news. I also want to give a huge shout out to two players, uh, and it could be more than two players. I'm sure that it is, but two players whose uh, recent efforts to combat coronavirus have caught my attention. Shout out to Madison Keys, who alongside of the WTA Charities, uh, her initiative matched by them, are going to give $400 Visa gift cards to those in need. Uh, and, you know, it, it's so awesome to see so many of these players take on uh, philanthropic roles in this to try and lead the charge uh, because we all just want to get back to a place where we can resume our normal daily lives. So shout out to Madison Keys. Also a huge shout Shout out to Trett Huey, the former Virginia Cavalier, now currently, you know, now former top 20 doubles player, working his way back from injury as well. Uh, he is raising a, a he has started, a, excuse me, a fundraiser uh, for those in Charlottesville who are on the front line fighting this coronavirus, all of the uh, to try and raise for, uh, supplies and sewing materials and all these different things for those uh, health professionals on the front line. So that is awesome and please, if any of our listeners out there know of any more professional players who are undertaking initiatives like this, let us know because we want to to give them a shout out and if you are able please go check out those links go match those funds if you can give charity whether it's you know giving money if you're able or giving blood or whatever it may be uh, every little thing counts right now every act of charity means that much more in a moment like this so shout out to Trent Huey and Madison Key certainly two winners on the day even though we haven't seen any of the matches uh, any matches being played in quite a bit of time but with that being said we have an interview to come up here on our Technique Tuesday. So with that in mind, let me talk to my Tennis HQ's Carousel. Joining me now for another part of our new series, Technique Tuesdays with the guys at My Tennis HQ, a returning guest on our Cracked Interview, our Cracked Rackets podcast, excuse me, you may remember him from his time at UCLA, of course. He also cracked the ATP Top 400 all the way back in 2018. Uh, Caruso, welcome back to the Mini Break Podcast. How are you doing? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. No, oh, of course. It is always a pleasure. I mean, you know, I was I was chasing you for some of our best of the decade uh, podcast are gonna, content. Are we going to do this or not? Well, considering we yeah, all have I, downtime, right? I feel I feel like 
I feel like you know I want to be part of it, but you know there's there's some there's some big names that were part of this this college this college team. So it's kind of like you know I was a I was a backward player, bro. <laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate the uh the uh what is it self self deprecation builds know, trust. Right? He was gonna be like Stevie Johnson, like Mackey, Marcos, and like me. I'm like what? <laughs> no, they all sound would, equal in my mind. That, that would be fun. That would be a fun one because uh, that would be really open for debate. It, it would have to be like a round table. Uh, no, no, without question. And yeah. I will say, I I talked to Steve Johnson today, just to give a little sneak peek to our listeners of something we're li- working on. Westoff's going to give me a look because I gave him grief about, no, we can't plug it too far in advance. But I did talk to him about something that we are hoping to get out in the near future. So, yeah, we're, we will put that, though, on the back burner for now. The reason I want to have you on today, uh, you, Austin Rapp. I, I always forget Guy's last name, and I feel terrible about it. Yeah, Guy Hadlich. That's why I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Yeah, it's uh, it's re- at the end, Hadlich. Uh, okay, perfect, Hadlich. Uh, so you guys at My Tennis HQ up to all sorts of really cool stuff. And, you know, today, as we did last week with Austin, I want to ask you about an article you wrote um, called The Mental Block Tennis Forehand and How to Fix It. But before then, just one more rundown because I think that was a Cracked Interviews podcast we did with Austin for maybe our select mini break listeners. Can you tell them the quick pitch for My Tennis HQ? Um, I think we, you know, as a, as a group, we saw there's a, there's a little bit of a, a lack of information there online for tennis. I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, instructional videos and things like that, but I think there's, I mean, I, you know, I, if I date someone who is not in tennis and they have all sorts of questions that for us might seem very silly like how do you not know that but like you know the majority of people really don't you know what i mean probably my half of my family doesn't know anything about strings or doesn't know anything about i mean i one of our best uh one of our best articles so far that has gotten more views is um what uh, is the pink drink that players always drink on court you know like they're watching tv they're like what is that they're drinking you know, what I mean, so things like that. That I mean, we were in a in a good position to bring information to uh, for those people. We we're also in a good position to bring you know information, available information for you know juniors and parents and and you know high level players. We we're really trying to 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 have information from everyone, and hopefully, eventually get get some more tutorials, get some more things like that. Uh, for now, it's. I, I think we're still, you know, still really building the platform and our our brand, really. But yeah, that's the that's what we're trying to do, and I think it's an exciting exciting thing for us to be working on right now, especially with all this free time. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I forgot to remind you, but because we have editing capabilities, you can swear. And what you meant to say is there's a lot of out there. Yeah, uh, and much. certainly, yeah, certainly I, yeah. that's the case. Yeah, that's the case. I mean, we're going to try to keep it as real as, as we can on the, on, on the website as well. Like we're not at, in, in any way trying to say like, look, if you read our articles, we're going to come out hitting your foreheads like Fernando Gonzalez today. It's like, <laughs> obviously it's not that, you know what I mean? But if we can give, especially since we can't be physically present to, 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 you know, to fix anything, we, we can give, you know, just in, especially in this article, I, which we'll get to it. I, you know, focus a lot on like, you know, where you, what you should be thinking, what you should be, 
you know, focusing on and things like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, again, we're not, we're not trying to scam anyone and be like, Hey, you know, like just read our articles. You're going to be okay. But, um, maybe we'll give like an extra insight to add to whatever they're, they're working on. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And what makes me so upset right there is, yeah, I was just, I, I was going to start today's conversation by saying any article that includes a Fernando Gonzalez reference makes me happy uh, <laughs> because I, I grew up as a Gonzalez, you know, a Gonzo yeah. fan as well. Yeah. yeah it's just, what it's, a guy. A, he, yeah, a guy hits the ball what bigger a, than maybe anyone. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. But so again, today's uh, topic, your article, Mental Block Tennis Forehand, How to Fix It. And for those of you who want to read that article, go to MyTennisHQ.com. You can also read this article specifically on our website, CrackedRackets.com. But let's start here, Karu. Uh, why, you know, for you in particular, why was this article something you sought out? Why was it something you connected with? Uh, I think for me particularly, like, I mean, I don't know if you've watched me play, but I've always been the guy, I say in the article, I've always been the guy who's had, a, you know, my back end was very good and just natural. I didn't really think too much about it. Things just happened naturally. And my forehand was always the one that, you know, was, there would be, you know, days I'm feeling great, there would be days I'm feeling feeling bad about it. And I'm sure, you know, if you ask any any college coach or any coach that's, a coach against me their, their game plan was probably he'd be hitting to my forehand stay away from the back and hit to the forehand <laughs> um at 100% of what was that and I was able to 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 work through those things and today even I mean obviously even today I'm not you know again I'm not my forehand's never going to be as natural as my back end, but I found ways to to at least make the ups and downs much much smaller much much my forehand is much less volatile, and when I feel like it's going away, I can bring it back before it fully goes away. Does that make sense? So I think that was that was a reason why I wanted to write this one when I saw it in our in our hit list, and and you know that's I think that's why I could give some some valuable insight. Yeah, well, again, agree to disagree. I'll take your forehand on an off day over mine any day. Um, but yeah, the the principle certainly holds true. And uh, you talked about, you know, let's get through. You gave the four sort of steps in uh, yeah. getting through this, and then you offer some suggestions. Let's start with the first one is not to panic. And, you know, can you talk about, again, the importance of staying calm through those things, why this sort of things happens to everyone? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the first I – mean, tennis is so mental right so if you one day that you play badly you panic um then all of a sudden it's like oh i need to fix this i need to change that i need to do this and if you're just not really i mean if you're you know if i'm thinking obviously if we're thinking in a very high level it's different but for most people for the, the most most players the 90 percent 90 95 percent of players who've been playing for 10 years five years three years whatever um, or picked up later in their, their lives they're, if you panic if you never felt that that you wake up one day it's like oh my god but how do I hold the racket right now um, <laughs> and you you just completely lose it because then it becomes mental right you just don't want to hit the shot you just um, you, you completely you know again it's a mental block so so the first thing is like, take a breath and be like okay th- th- this happens to everyone if I'm saying you know with my all my career, you know, I've experienced this and I was, I was fine. Um, you're going to be fine as well. You know what I mean? So that's, I think that's really the first 
first thing that you should do, especially, I mean, it's, it, I think there's a lot of people who are going to say, just like, don't, like, forget about it. Don't think about it. Obviously, we can't. That's really hard. But, um, you know, take a step back. Don't panic. And, you know, don't let it become worse than it actually is. I think that's the, that's the first thing. Yeah, and again, um, I, I, you're right. It happens to all of us, right? We all have yeah. those days where it's just not working, and uh, you know, you do just want to stay calm. And you talk later on in the piece, but focusing on this number one of you know, yeah, don't uh, immediately change your habits. Don't just start exactly. going down I the line. Don't abandon. It. I I never I never really had like really the yips on the forehead. I always had a couple that I I knew I was gonna make, but I've gone through that in my on my serve. And and I could legit like my senior, my junior year of college like I I think there was like a match I double fought it like thirty times I would toss the ball up <laughs> and I'd be like nope it's not gonna go in it was it was like literally the most embarrassing thing ever and it took a little while for me to fix that so I mean it happened and I give the example of like one of my students who's had that out of nowhere like no reason whatsoever guys playing really well happens to him panics and then literally it's like two three weeks of just getting back to like where we were so um so it's like you know again it, it was just like a panic thing like you can tell like there's nothing flawed with the forehand or with the technique you got to really look at yourself that way it's like that you know it's like the yips right like a, right right before you're gonna hit it you're like nope it's not gonna go in and you just don't trust it. so you know it's like a mental really uh, mental block that way so you kind of have to to try not to let that happen early on yeah I was going to say, I want to make a joke. I'm going to make the joke anyways. You can hang up on me if you want. But <laughs> sort of like Adrian at 5'3", right? His foot hits the neck, and then there's yeah. a lot of yips. Yeah, I mean, that, after that, I mean, that was why he has loved the guy, love Adrian, but probably had the <laughs> yips ever since. I don't think he from that one. Um, and half of, half of us still have the yips from that one. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, that, that happened. I mean, this, what, what you're going to do no, absolutely. And again, I apologize. That was uncalled No, you're, for. you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be a Cracked Records podcast if I didn't I piss know. off the guest at least once. Um, but so, you know, you, you talk about the next thing is uh, without panicking and, you know, to prepare yourself for the future, know your stroke. And, you know, can you sort of explain that? Because we all have hit, you know, there's the Gladwell theory. Spend 10,000 hours yeah. doing anything and you can get good at it. But yeah. uh, what, what does it mean to know your stroke, to be comfortable with how you're hitting uh, the forehand in particular? Well, I think, like, when I think about that, I think uh, sometimes because I play, I play golf and I like, you know, I'm in that category of people who are searching for fixes in golf, right? And people will say, like, you always trying to, like, try to figure out how to swing like Rory McIlroy. But if we all could swing like Rory McIlroy, we'd, you know, we'll be playing PGA Tour. Like, it, <laughs> they, always, they always say, swing your swing. Right, so I think the first thing you gotta you gotta figure out is is okay. How do I hit the ball? Like, why? How am I comfortable hitting the ball? Do I hit it with a lot of spin? So, like, do I hit it flat? It's like the ball fly, right? Like, how? What? What am I comfortable hitting? The, the way I'm, I'm gonna hit? Like, am I hitting with more top spin, more height, or am I hitting flatter, more through the shot? Do I like hitting from further back on the court? Do I like hitting from closer to the baseline? Um, do I rather hit it open stance? Do I rather hit hit it close stance? Like, where am I struggling? Where am I doing well? Um, all this like little things that I think I, I personally I, I think there's a lot of people who play not thinking and it works for them. But I think you know for certain people like who end up like you know their brains are more just 
thinking more about it like okay let's it, then use that to focus into like learning how you you like to play i think you can use that in any in, in any stroke right you just like learn how what works for you what you struggle then you can work on the things that you are good and bad as well don't just work on the things that are bad you got to still develop the things that are good so I, mm -hmm. I i i think just you know always be looking into you know especially when you're hitting well why are you hitting it well like what is, what is making you comfortable you know what i mean i think that's a that's a huge thing and then once you're playing bad you can like try to get back to that that you know somehow and again like we're i'm not teaching anyone so i can't really you know fix them but but just really pay attention to those things like oh why am i feeling this way like why you know what i mean like is the distance between the ball it's like all these little things right and move from there yeah absolutely and you make a point later on in terms of uh how to learn your uh, stroke better uh, the difference between being fed just you know drop and hit sort of standard yeah. feeding operation uh versus live hitting why yeah. is it sometimes important and you know at a certain point uh you know level wise i'm sure if you if you can't make two balls over in the row then live hitting doesn't really help much at yeah. all but for those yeah. who can play you know at the basic level why is it sometimes better to just go back to just maybe a ball machine or just you know that sort of feeding drills i, I, I like feeding i mean again it's i all of, i think you know it's important to, to say that a lot of our articles is based on our experiences you know like there's a lot of i'm sure there's a lot of other coaches teaching other things i always when i figured myself out especially on the forehand and how i like to train i thought feeding was really helpful because you really train my eyes so it's like, okay, I'm struggling with this ball. So I'll tell, like, you know, the coach at UCLA, like, can you feed me this ball? And we're going to hit it. And I'm gonna, probably going to miss a good, good amount at first, but I'm going to keep doing it, you know, off the feed that I, at first there's no pressure because I'm not really playing against anyone. Not pressure, but like pressure to just keep the ball alive, right? Um, not necessarily like match pressure, just, you know. And and I'm gonna repeat that over and over until I kind of find it. I'm gonna keep finding it. I'm gonna have a, maybe a coach telling you, okay, this is what you could do better. This is what you're doing wrong, whatever. And you can just, in the repetition that you're training your eyes, I think once you get to match play, you're like, you see that ball coming. You're like, well, your brain's, it's like kind of instinct. It's like, I've done this, I can do it. You know what I mean? Instead of like, you're just kind of panicking you're running away from like hitting the, the forehands that you're missing or you just don't want to hit forehands at all i think feeding puts you in a kind of low pressure situation where it's like let's find a range if i miss a few okay take a step back let's start over do, do it again do it again and and you can always kind of keep tweaking right the ball is gonna always come where you want it to come um so you can just you know f swing freely i think i think it's important to do that yeah, and you talk about how all these things come from your experience. And one thing I experienced when I was at the National Indoors for the women coach, uh, Alayla Farood for Stanford, just the way she fed the ball. I mean, she was replicating a, a D1 forehand for all yeah. these players with her feet. And do you think the speed of the feet, I mean, is it as basic as drop and hit, or do you want that, you know, the speed of the feet to sort of replicate I, I, something I, you may respond to? I think to? it depends. Yeah, I think it depends. Definitely depends on, you know, how much you're struggling, right? I, I love drop feeds. I think drop feeds are great for racket speed. So I, I think a lot of mental blocks eventually like are they're kind of directly um, connected with 
slow rack ahead speed because you just don't trust it. So you start kind of, you don't let the racket go. You don't touch the ball. It's like, and the rack, the, you know, the arm doesn't go. <laughs> um, and, you know, drop feeds are good to just like, okay, let's just create the pace. I'm, I need to create the pace, right? It's a drop. But yes, absolutely. And then what I think once, it depends on, obviously depends on your level, you know, how fast you're seeing balls. Obviously a guy who's playing, you know, a club tennis, you know, low level, not seeing a huge forehand so it doesn't need to see a feed that big but yeah once i got to you know a certain level that's what i did to really help my forehand especially my i was very good i was good from the waistline i wasn't good from the high like up on my shoulder and i you know i would have you know because or billy feed me a lot of those in in different ways and in high deep high short high fast um you know all those things that i i saw over and over again and it worked out and again i think we do that i mean like you said like we'll, we'll do the doubles warm-up and you know billy and rick is whatever they'll be feeding the ball like it's a you know like it's a return like it's a forehand like big and we have to like you know go and block it so just don't just feed with no purpose like have have a little bit of purpose it's like okay this, this is what i'm trying to accomplish off the feet not just like just whack balls and hopefully it goes in that's that, I mean, yeah that's that's the takeaway yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And this is a bit of a tangent, but you put in a little nine-second clip of you working on your forehand during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the most beautiful court views I've ever seen. Where is that? Oh, yeah. Uh, La Cañada. Oh, that's, yeah. so that's that. Oh, yeah, beautiful. La Cañada, Flintridge. Uh, there's a country club there where my coach works. And I, I would go there as far as far from where I live, but it, it, was, it was nice. It, like, it, was, it has an unbelievable view of downtown L.A. Like, pretty dope. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. I was yeah, like, I don't if cool. if that's where I can work on my forehand, I might actually yeah. get better. Um, so, like, yeah, I can imagine. And then you know, for point four, you talk about uh, and you know, we we sort of worked our way through, but talk about establishing a baseline and just getting comfortable. And then you know, have have smart thoughts while you're thinking. Maybe don't focus on the entire stroke because that's yeah. too many things to balance at once. Yeah. But you know, can you talk about why keeping it simple is sometimes better? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like in tennis, I think the the more you can keep it simple, the better. It's like super. I, I, every time, every time I coach, I look at it. And I'm like, wow, like we make this thing so hard because it's so easy from outside. <laughs> you know, you're watching like 15 year old kids doing dumb dumb stuff on the court, and you're like, oh my god, like what are you doing? That was clearly this shot. Uh, so it becomes easier when you're outside, right? But um, I think it's important to 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 really, you know, keep it simple. Um, but to keep it simple, you also have to have an understanding of what's happening. Like, it's, I think it's like a kind of like a paradox. You can't just necessarily be, um, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm just going to hit hard. I'm like, well, you know what I mean? It's just not how it, how, how it works. You know what I mean? So I think once you, you're able to, okay, I'm not feeling well on my forehand. Um, but you can kind of maybe look into yourself and be like, okay, um, so let's just focus for, you know, if it happens in a match, if it goes away for them. Next game, I'm only going to focus on my feet. I'm only going to try to, like, you know, be working my feet a little extra, forget about the stroke. Or I'm just going to focus on hitting the ball, you know, in a bigger target. Or, you know what I mean? Because I think once you get to a mental block, everything feels funky. Everything is just like, yeah, nothing feels great. My grip is wrong. My my this is wrong, my that is wrong, my takeaway is wrong, my everything is wrong. So if you're able to just like, okay, 
I, I when I say establish a baseline, especially looking into yourself when you're playing well. It's like okay, I I do these things well when I'm playing well, um, and how can I try to at least try to do similar things right now that I'm playing bad, even if it doesn't work. But you know, just kind of have that 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 baseline of like okay, I know how to do this, so. Um, Let's uh, let's try to do it at, at least instead of mindlessly just swinging. Yeah, and I'm curious, and this is maybe less mental related, but just more from your experience. How often is it a footwork related issue? Because for me, that's where so many of my problems come from versus a swing or a mechanical thing. You know, the distance is, is it, I mean, I'm sure it varies from person to person, but I, how I, often do you find yourself adjusting your footwork and then, you know, playing better? Well, I think, I mean, I, I think it's all, it kind of all starts with the footwork. So I, uh, if anything, um, I don't want to say a percentage out of my ass, but, but I think <laughs> most, most of the time it does, it does happen because of feet, because at the end of the day, it's, it's a game of finding the right distance between you and the ball. Right. So it, it, it's like this, you, I think a lot of players, they, they, decide where they want to hit before their opponent it's, it, it hits it right so so when you have a mental block it's like oh man like i can't hit it down the line so i have to hit it for a cross court um but the 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 thing that decides where you're going to hit is the ball that is hit to you is it coming deep is it coming short is it coming low is it coming high is it coming fast all those things that's who decide who decides where you're going to hit and you have to make quick decisions off that and to do so, you have to be quick with your feet and always create distance because, again, it doesn't really matter what you do on your take back or, honestly, most of it. As long as you have the right distance and you have the you have good contact, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's like how, you know, how do you teach, you know, how is a guide who hits the ball like Medvedev, the way he hits it, not the way the ball comes off his racket, but the way he swings the racket more successful than i don't know like dimitrov who has like perfect strokes you know what i mean like it it, it doesn't really make sense when you look at it but that's what it is so if you're always finding the right distance with your feet um creating the right distance between you and the ball um that's like you know 75 percent of of you know what you need to do everything else just kind of follows yeah, that gets back to self-awareness, right? Medvedev yeah. knows exactly where he wants to be yeah. and how he wants to hit it. And yeah. Grigor, again, this is a bit of projection, but you can see the struggle internally. Yeah. He always internally, has, do exactly. I attack this ball? Yeah, that's uh-huh. why I guess it's kind of, I kind of pulled that. But yeah, it's perfectly that. I mean, you can tell that, <laughs> that, that I, I watched a little bit of practice of Medvedev. And because, I mean, you watch him and on TV, it was just like, just what the hell? Like, well, how is he doing all that? All that? But like, and I watched him practice, like his ball is coming passes goes over the net like by i don't know five inches but lands lands super deep always you're always on your back foot he serves amazingly well there's nothing you can do really and he moves well for a guy that big and he has complete control he has again he comes back to self-awareness like he has complete control what he's doing and it's not to say that you can get better in things that you're not good at but um you know, he's never going to come on the court and play like Rafa. It's just not going to happen. Like with more spin like that, there's there's no reason for him to even train that. Like he can train hitting, you know, and that maybe he needs to have one or two balls that he can hit with more topspin higher. But he's never going to play that style. 
you know what I mean? So he's, he's working on what he's good, and he's, like, developing that. And that's why he does actually well with against Novak, but does terribly against Bachman. It's like, it's just the matchups are, are, are just, you know, different. So it's like that kind of self-awareness. And I, and I think, you know, especially the, the top player there, know that they know their identity, they know how to play, to play the game the way they want to play it. And obviously they're going to keep developing, filling the holes, but it's, it all comes down to that, I think. No, I, I completely agree with you, and you're right. You did pull that. Uh, that Dimitrov example was perfect. Yeah, and I, mean, so I, was, I thought Dimitrov, and then when you said it, I was like, yeah, that's actually the perfect comparison. <laughs> it, it is that. There's, there is an internal uh, struggle that you can see from, from Grigor that you don't really see from a lot of guys. No, without question. And again, that's why we are so excited to work with you guys at My Tennis HQ for those sorts of parallels for the yeah. Gonzo references. And, you know, I don't want to give away the entire article because I really do recommend people go on their, on your website, MyTennisHQ.com, to read this. And again, you can find it on our website this week as well, CrackedRackets.com. But last thing I want to ask you about, because I thought this was fascinating. Uh, you talk about sometimes when you have the yips, sometimes when you're struggling. You should just take time off. You don't always need to, you know, there's this perception that those who work the hardest, those who are always on the court, always dedicating themselves to their craft, those are the people who succeed. And I'm not saying you would disagree with that in general, Mm -hmm. but you think there is strategic value to taking time off. Why do you think so? I think so. I mean, again, I think it all comes back to like who each individual, right? Like how how their personalities and brains work. But I do think that, I mean, sometimes sometimes like just just get away from it you know what i mean like it, it, it's okay i think obviously there's some people and and i i, I do believe that you know the people who, who have the obsession of like you know becoming better and and you know from a young age and i think you know the rafas and the tiger woods of the world and 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 you know mjs and all those guys like i mean obviously there's you look at them and you're like well you gotta you know do what they do to be the goat but then at the same time, it's like, you know, you look at Fed, obviously Fed trains incredibly hard, but does he, is it on the court that much? Not, not as much. I think you can still do physical work uh, without, you know, going, I'm not saying like completely like don't even play tennis, but you can still be like, you know what, I'm not going to play for a, for a week, whatever. I'm just going to do like some fitness and I'll come back like a, in a week and I'll hit it or whatever it is that you can do at the time. I think taking time off, it is important. I think. Trust me, everyone after this stop there, everyone's gonna be so pumped to play. Everyone's gonna be playing lights out, like because they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I want to be on the court again." And the problem is when you become this thing of like, it's I need to be on the court to fix this. I'm obsessed with fixing this, but I'm not really enjoying the process of fixing it. And that's that's when it becomes a problem. When you're not really enjoying the process of getting better and going through the ups and downs, then just take a little bit of time off. Just you know, it's okay. Like it's not gonna be the end of the world. It's like two days if you're, let's say you're in a, you know, you're going on for three tournaments and you play two like crap and you need to like, you know, you're gonna play a third term and maybe you know take a day, take two, whatever. Don't think about tennis. Like try to you know tune it out and then go back to it with a fresh mind. I think that would be that would be an ideal thing. Yeah, and uh, as you pointed out, it's it's based on each individual, right? Yeah. If you are someone who works through every problem, by yeah. all means, do yeah, that. Exactly. But yeah, but I completely agree with you in that uh, there's nothing wrong with taking time off and resetting and just finding your balance. It's yeah. it doesn't make you weaker than anyone else. That's just men, you know, mental yeah. health is 
grain exactly. more of of yeah a relevancy well i do you know again the article mental block tennis forehand and how to fix it on my tennishq.com but since i have you here crew i do want to ask you a couple of other questions first of all the last time we spoke on a podcast you were trying to figure out your work visa and it, you know some of those issues i want to just follow up now everything a okay on that end yeah for now all good um you know it's always like still tricky there's always you know, i'm trying to trying to switch one eventually uh visas but for now i'm, I'm okay for for a few years and eventually i think i'm gonna you know next year or so i'm gonna apply for a green card so hopefully that works but um for now all good and you know with the new job and all that's been it's been nice so can 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 really complain yeah, without getting political, apply for that green card January thirteenth, twenty twenty one, and I think it should be better. Uh, it should go better than it might right now. But we can, yeah, know, we can man. leave. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna take that. Yeah, uh, we can leave that there. Though that's a yeah. that's a deep dive on my tennis HQ deep for a later dive. date. Yeah, exactly. Well, then the other thing I want to ask you about, I know you know since. Uh, you have uh, since made the switch. You are now uh, hitting, you know, you are the hitting partner of Naomi Osaka. And I'm curious, you know, what that experience has been like for you. Does this mean you're not going to be playing any more professional matches? And just, you know, what led to you? How did you get that opportunity? And what led to you, you know, making that decision? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like mid last year with everything that was going on. I think that was our podcast. Maybe I think it was like really the, the stupid transition tour and all that stuff. Um, and like you know, while everything was happening, I mean, I, it for me just financially, like stay on the tour it was was really complicated. Like, um, I I just didn't didn't really like I just didn't see the like the light at the end of the tunnel. To be honest, I mean, like I knew like my level, and you know, if I was able to stay there and keep trying, 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 maybe I get to top two hundred or something like that. But you know, at, at the two hundred level. You know, it is complicated, and people are still making, I mean, what are they doing right now, guys, who are 200 to 150 in the world that are not playing tournaments and can, I don't know, are not in the U.S. that can coach or whatever? How are they making money? I mean, it is a complicated it is a complicated thing, and for me, it just became really, really hard to, to be out there without, like, any financial support. So, I know, I started kind of working here in Los Angeles. I had, a, you know, a few clients, and, 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 and whatnot, and I was in a good position here. It was like really busy every day, to be honest. Um, but you know, late, late last year, um, I got a few calls from people because I think Naomi's agent was looking, she was moving here, and we're they were gonna look into getting a hitting partner. And I guess my name kept pop, popping up. Like it was, I had like four or five people call me. It's like, hey, like, would you wanna do it? What are you doing? I was like, look, I'm, you know, I'm here we can like try it out but i really didn't hear from from anyone for a couple months after they they were going to like the asian swing and <laughs> after that um the agent messaged me we we sat down and we you know just did a two tryout in december everything worked out she started working with the new with the new coach whim uh they said the, the belgium guy and you know it just all kind of was all very happened very quickly all, all of a sudden i was going to australia <laughs> Um, so, you know, it was, it was really fun. I mean, the, you know, they're, they're, they're great people. So I'm, I'm happy to be where I am right now. I'm learning a lot. So, yeah. Do you think it helps that you're exceptionally handsome? I mean, I think it does, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get some like extra, extra contracts, you know, on the side to, to, you know, some modeling jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that question was to make up for the Puget joke. Uh, um, but 
But, uh, you know, for you, uh, you know, to be in Australia as a hitting partner, uh, what was that like? It, was it an enjoyable experience? I, I'm sure you felt some pressure as well. Yeah, I mean, I do. It's it's interesting being part of a team, you know, that we're all working towards the same goal. But, like, we, at the end of the day, it, she's the one who's playing, right? Yeah, um, so it's like, you know, you, you put in the work and, you know, she, she works incredibly hard. And, and, you know, she had actually a very good tournament in Brisbane where she was playing so well that I was like, oh, my God, actually, she's, she is at a, a level above, uh, you know, most of the girls. Um, Fortunately, yeah. like, missed a, missed, a, missed, missed a shot, like, on a match point. I lost a match point on, in the semis. But, you know, I was going to win the tournament. I, I, I was like, completely confident she was going to win the tournament. And in Brisbane, so, you know, we started off really well and, you know, we, we were doing the work. It, it is like, it, I'm not going to lie, it's a lot like being on tour again. There's there's a lot of downtime. There's, you know, we're not practicing eight hours a day. We're going to practice, especially in tournaments, we practice less. Um, and, but she is so popular <laughs> that, you know, she, she has to do so many things and press and, you know, fans like legit. I've never seen that, like legit love her it's 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 insane like i only i've only seen this with maybe you know better Nadal, but with her it's like that i mean like she because she stops to to you know take a picture or write or give an autograph to everyone always and people are just like you can tell they're like they look at each other like oh my god this just happened and i'm like Jesus. <laughs> So it's, it's a very it's a very interesting thing to be a part of. I mean, she is. I mean, she's incredibly big, and she's so kind to everyone that that I mean, sometimes especially warm ups, she doesn't hit a lot before playing matches. But the warms are warm up warm ups are short. Um, you know the the hit, and we'll you know hit for a little bit, and we'll spend more time waiting for her to just go around the court and you know sign autographs and take pictures with everyone. Because she, you know, yeah. she wants to do it, so it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting thing to be a part of. Yeah, and that's why all of the fans love her because she's yeah. so loving and kind to and receptive to everyone yeah. out there. You can just tell, and it's what makes her such a special talent, certainly. And yeah. I am again, last question for you, and then I'll let you go because I know uh, we we both got stuff to do. But uh, for you in particular, do you? You know, because you don't want to, you, you can't go out there and be missing forehands. You can't go out there and be missing backhands. Your job yeah. is to prepare her uh, to be the best she can be. Do you, yeah. does that, you know, do you still train the same way you would if you were on the pro tour? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, if I think, I don't know, if you can ask anyone that I, I don't really have a problem with hitting. Hitting was always the easy part for me. Um, <laughs> the off-court stuff was was the hard part, you know. Maybe being at the gym more and running more and all this—that was the part I admittedly hated. Um, <laughs> but hitting for me, it's like I—I I, I don't know. It's I do even in lessons. I kind of like I'm always I'm always kind of working on something. Like I don't know. It's like a weird thing. I'm always like this could be happening better. And then I, I'll, you know, obviously he, her coach is incredibly good and they're working on things. And I'm just like, maybe, man, why would I, why wasn't I doing this? So I started trying to do that in practice. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm probably playing better than I've ever played. If I'm being honest, like I, you know, if I had to obviously train back and get in match rhythm, but hitting wise, 
I think my strokes are as clean as they all, you know, they've ever been. And I just don't, and I, I, I don't want to like to sound like cocky, but like I think I, a lot of I've asked, I've asked people like, do you guys have a hard time fighting hitting partners? Because I, I, it's not that hard. I mean, you just have to keep the ball and play decently well. Like, but I mean, if you're if you're an okay tennis player, you should be able to do that. And but some people feel like a lot of pressure with that, and I, I for that I don't. I, I that that's something that like I I know I trust again. I know myself. I trust my strokes. I don't really have anything you know to lose there i'm just hitting and you know obviously we we do we hit in ways that that you know sometimes i you know i'm being more offensive or more defensive whatever it is like obviously we we adapt a little bit to the way we hit every day but but yeah no i, I just i just really enjoy I, I enjoy hitting like i i always enjoyed hitting my, my problem was the, the before and after once i'm on the court it was fine <laughs> But the before and after was the annoying part. So for me now, it's just I just have to go there and hit and have fun and hit in some big courts. Um, I couldn't be honestly like it's for me. It's just a little. I'm like a little kid in a lot of a lot of those hits. That I'm like, whoa! Like, why are we in the Rod Laver Arena right now? What? <laughs> like, I was like, what the? F-? I filmed the entire thing the way we hit the day we hit. I told him I was like, look, I'm sorry, man, but this like I'm like 12 years old in here. Like, I'm in on Rod Laver Arena right now. I'm gonna film it. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, so it's like it's like a really fun thing for me. I just think hitting hitting it's fun and and I enjoy it. And for me, it's like again with you know my career, whatever it becomes, and, and coaching and whatever it is, for me to continue to hit is good because it keeps me in touch. Like okay, what are you know how are we getting better this way? What are people doing to get better at this and that? Things that I don't know. I I, I kind of keep a journal of things that we do on the core and all that stuff um especially when I, it's like a drill that i'm like whoa how did i not think of that um so you know it's been a really good learning experience like i you know it's they, it can be easy to just go and hit and not give a f- about anything else anymore but you know i'm trying to like learn so you know i'm obviously trying to to remind myself of the things that we're doing and trying to improve i mean if she's a two-time grand slam winner and she has you know, lots to prove still than, you know, some junior who's 16 year old who thinks is, he's the biggest in the world because he's one in California <laughs> uh, should not settle and should continue to learn, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, your inquisitive mind and it, it's why, if you don't mind me saying, uh, you are so well fit to do something like My Tennis HQ. And I know I'm speaking for all of us at Cracked Rackets when I say that's why we are so excited uh, to get the chance to uh, get to work with you guys, get to partner with you guys moving into the future. So uh, last thing, uh, anything you want to plug in particular? And again, where can all of our fans find your stuff? All right. So, I mean, it's mytennishq.com. It's pretty easy. Um, you know, try to put it in your favorites on Safari, Google Chrome, whatever you use. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also, you know, we are trying to grow the YouTube channel. Um, so it's also mytennishq. It's easy to find. Um, and social media, it's at mytennishq on, in, on Instagram. Uh, a lot of our stuff we post daily right now. Every time we post a new article, there's going to be a post there. You know, letting people know there's a post live and, you know, there's going to be a newsletter uh, coming. I think you can already subscribe to you know, on the website. Uh, but just visit, just, you know, take a look every day. I mean, if you're always curious, like you never know what are we going to write about. But, you know, it might be something that you, 
you, you know, pops up and you're like, well, this is something I actually needed. Um, and if you guys ever need, if anyone who's listening wants, you know, has any particular sub, uh, subject they want to, you know, learn from or, you know, is struggling with something, you can always like send a, you know, send us a message on Instagram or comment on our post. And, uh, you know, we're happy to help because again, we're, 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 we're new. So we're trying to, 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 to get as many people to, to, to visit and hopefully give us feedback and where we can do better, where we can do, where we can improve as well. Like obviously the site's not perfect yet, but, but yeah, my tennis HQ, uh, go check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Karu, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm sure we will be doing this multiple times in the near future and, you know, mm-hmm. don't be a stranger and expect me to send you too many texts now with my own no, questions. No, dude, let's, let's actually stay more in touch this time. Um, I, I had your number as cracked rackets on my phone, but I changed it. To <laughs> it just said cracked rackets, um, but, but now it's yours. So, you know, now we're, oh, now I appreciate we're, now that. we're officially friends. Yeah, no, the funny thing is I still have Dalton's number saved in my phone as Cracked Rackets just to prove that we are not friends. There you I'm go. Like, hey. yep. yeah, I like, exactly. I like you. you guys are keeping boundaries. I, I like that. <laughs> exactly. There, there's Never a mixed. space. There's a gap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, seriously, crew, thank you so much, and I know we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, man. Hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with my Tennis HQ Carousels. And again, we at Cracked Rackets are so excited for that partnership to be continuing on. Uh, And if you haven't, go check out our website where you can see the article we discussed today. That article, again, called Mental Block on the Tennis Forehand and How to Fix It. And so Carew, you know, what he, Austin Rabke, uh, are all doing at My Tennis HQ. We're really excited to be a part of it. So shout out to them. A couple other plugs before we wrap this bad boy up. I do want to say shout out to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for putting together what is my favorite overserved. I know we've only done two, but they continue to get better and better. And for those who don't know, overserved our new video series, you know, poking fun at all of the unintentional comedy that happens on a week by week basis in the tennis Twitter community from the tennis world. Now, obviously, there are no results for us to discuss, but there's still plenty of unintentional comedy. And I think you all are really going to enjoy the segments we went with today. Uh, there's some shirtless dancing. There's Dalton and I attempting one of the common TikTok uh, things going around. At least that's what Westoff tells me. And we do we give our best to do an attempt like that. There's a rap, which ugh, not even going to get into that. But there's me attempting Christian's workout. It, it's a lot of fun, and Westoff put in so much time. So please you, go check that out, if for nothing else, to ensure his mental health stays solid throughout these times. And, uh, again, we're really proud of what that looks like. Also, I've had some really fun interviews over these past couple of days. Got the chance to talk to Bethany Maddox-Sands this weekend. It was her birthday yesterday. But if you haven't checked that podcast out, go check it out on the Cracked Interviews podcast. few more engaging and enjoyable personalities in our game of tennis uh, than Bethany Maddox and so I know you all will enjoy that. We also got the chance last week to talk to Steve Weissman, Mark Lucero, and John Wertheim on things from ranging from coronavirus to content recommendations. In the meantime, what they're going to be up to on Tennis Channel over this next stretch of time. All fantastic conversations. Uh, and again, so many fun stuff. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it's at Cracked Records. If you need a distraction, you want to throw a DM 
my way at Great Shot Pod. I always enjoy, you know, chatting throughout the day as well. I've said this before, but no one does distraction. No one does um, any of those things quite like me. So I promise I will get you uh, off of your daily worries and get you, you know, get just a little bit of fun. If we, you know, feel free to interact as well. Again, if we can keep anyone, uh, get them just a momentary respite from the daily stresses we are all feeling right now, then we will have been doing our job here at Cracked Rackets. Uh, again, and you can find all of our content on our website, crackedrackets.com. We've got some really fun stuff in the queue that we've been working on. If you want a sneak peek of all of that, go subscribe to Patreon. And again, shout out to you, Bobby Knight, our Patreon subscriber of the day. We are so grateful for all that you do for the game of college tennis and equally grateful that you continue to support us as well. So with that being said, shout out to super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the editing job they continue to do day in, day out. We are so grateful for that. We've got a lot of fun projects underway, and we will continue to be doing those and more here at Cracked Rackets. But for now, for my wonderful guests, again, my Tennis HQ's Carousel, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at both Diadem Sports, which can use the promo code CR50 for 50% off your order, and at Aerobar, use that promo code CRACK30 for those tennis-specific energy bars. And from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin, and you know what we say, folks. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. 